Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Is your organization going through a period of change? Change is difficult, regardless of whether it's corporate restructuring, a change of leadership, or downsizing. In this episode, we're discussing how to build resilience so that you and your team can overcome any obstacle. Without resilience, we can crumble under the smallest of challenges, but with resilience, we can overcome anything. Leaders can be a beacon of light in times of change, offering hope when guided with sincerity and integrity. Our guest today is Jeff Struker, a member of the U.S. Army Ranger Hall of Fame. In almost 23 years in the Army, Jeff served 17 combat deployments in five different wars, including Black Hawk Down. In 2011, he retired as a major. Jeff holds a PhD in Christian leadership. He has taught leadership at every level from undergraduate to PhD and is an award-winning author with six books in print. Welcome, Jeff, to the podcast. So excited to have you. I've been blessed with the opportunity to be on your podcast, Unbeatable, and now I'm excited to have you on mine as well. Danielle, it's awesome to be with you. You knocked the ball out of the park on my show, so I'm going to do my best to do the same for you. I'm sure you'll be phenomenal and our audience will love listening to your story. Now, I've talked a little bit about your background, but of course, it's always best to hear it from you yourself. So go ahead and share with our audience and our listeners a little bit about your background and what's led you to here today. I'll give you the super short version of it. I joined the Army at 18. I spent almost 23 years in the U.S. Army. I was an enlisted guy for most of that. But I had this moment where I felt very strongly that I should become an Army chaplain. And I rounded out my career in the U.S. Army as a chaplain, ended up as a major. And then after that, I started really pursuing one of my passions in the world is leadership. I got a chance to do a Ph.D. studying leadership. And I pastor a church now in Columbus, Georgia, right outside of Fort Benning, Georgia, And I have a chance to teach several classes a year, and I teach leadership to students at the graduate and postgraduate level. You also have had a unique background where through all of your deployments, you have led through an immense amount of change, as well as you've been in some very sticky situations. And I wanted to dive in a little bit about resiliency, because as we're going into this new year and there's some talks possibly about a recession, I hope that's not the case. I hope so. Uh, There's also... Yeah. And there's also a lot of changes going on in organizations. So let's dive into a little bit about resiliency and leadership and what we can do to build resilience. Sure. I think most of my views on leadership and almost all of my experience in resiliency comes from serving in the U.S. military. I spent almost my whole career in special operations with the Army Rangers. I went to five different combat tours. I'm not going to give your listener a boring history lesson here, but 
I started off going to combat in 1989 in Just Cause, went to Kuwait in 91. I was in Black Hawk Down in Somalia in 93. And then I went more than a dozen times to Afghanistan and Iraq. And there's no real way to over-exaggerate how much those tours of duty in combat influenced me as a leader. And when I was an enlisted guy leading men on the battlefield, but also as a chaplain and trying to influence the warriors that I served with and help them resiliency bounce back after some pretty traumatic events in combat. And I don't know that the military has a lock on this. They don't have all of the answers on this, but the military has a lot of experience going through hardships, helping people learn how to cope with hardships. I'm convinced some of the greatest leaders on the planet serve in the military all around the U.S. and around the world because of what leading in a time of war asks of a person, of a guy or gal. Most of my leadership views are influenced by the people that I had the privilege of serving under in the military. And what I learned about resiliency, I learned by watching it firsthand and then teaching it to warriors when they were on the battlefields. That's high level. We can get into the details or into the weeds if you want, but that's the high level of leadership and resiliency. Sometimes the biggest challenges that we go through end up helping us become the person that we are tomorrow, building stronger and building that resilient. I can't relate to being in war, but I can relate to working for a Fortune 500 company. And through my first year as a manager, we were going through a hostile takeover by a competitor. We went through restructuring, changing in leadership. We went through downsizing of 20% of our sales force. And all of those challenges, while difficult to go through, I really believe sometimes our challenges, they help us become better leaders in the long run because those situations help prepare for leading through the pandemic and those particular challenges. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there's something sick and twisted about a guy or a gal who goes out looking for hardships and looking for difficulties. But if the listener thinks for just a second, my guess is the most powerful lessons that you ever learned in life came from the bad days, the hard days. It's not the days that you were on the platform getting the blue ribbon. It's the days where it didn't work out the way you thought it was going to go or things were a lot more challenging than you expected. And those lessons tend to stick with us longer. I don't think they stick with us longer just because they hurt more and we remember that. I think they stick with us longer because the lessons that you're forced to learn during hardships and difficulties prepare you for even greater challenges in the future. So Danielle, I like to tell people, I wouldn't wish going through Black Hawk Down on my worst enemy. But that prepared me for Afghanistan and Iraq in ways that I would have never been ready for it if it wasn't for that big firefight that becomes a national bestseller and a blockbuster movie. And I'm a very different guy today, and I'm a very different leader today because of events like Black Hawk Down. I wouldn't trade those. I wouldn't want to go through it again. Wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But I also wouldn't trade events like that for anything because it had a major impact on my future. And that's true of your listeners too. They've gone through some hard things and those hard things prepare you for the even bigger challenges in the future. And for those listeners, if you haven't watched Black Hawk Down, I made the mistake of watching, and I say mistake because I made the mistake of watching that movie when my husband 
started aviation school to become a Black Hawk pilot. I don't know why that was a movie that I chose to watch. Let me go watch a movie about helicopters getting shot down when my husband becomes a helicopter pilot. Yeah, not sure why that was my choice, but it's a very difficult movie to watch. But it really, it does show the resiliency that you all took to ensure that our soldiers were coming home. Yeah. And it's a very inspiring movie in that sense. I'm not going to get political with you, but I went to Afghanistan about nine times. And when the U.S. was packing up our equipment and pulling out of Afghanistan, a lot of my buddies who went to war with me, but Afghanistan or Iraq, those were their only combat experiences. Man, they really struggled with the way that the events wrapped up in Afghanistan. In fact, I think the whole world watched it and was appalled by how quickly the Taliban took back over the country of Afghanistan. I'm going somewhere with this story. Stay with me, Danielle. So my friends really wrestled with it. And some of them, let's just be honest, were struggling with PTSD from some of the things that they saw and they experienced in Afghanistan. And now they're watching the country just descend right back into the hands of the Taliban. And they reach out to me and they say, Jeff, you appear to be handling Afghanistan very different than I am. And we were there a whole lot together. And I tried to tell them, you don't understand how much of the influence, the way that I left Somalia prepared me for what I saw when we left Afghanistan, the very brutal geopolitics that led to us being pulled out of Somalia prepared me in ways that I would never even understand for 20 years later when the U.S. is leaving Afghanistan. And I use that as an example for your listener, because maybe you went through a health scare a couple of years ago, and that's preparing you for an even greater challenge tomorrow. Maybe you went through something at business like Danielle's gone through, and now you're a little bit more ready for a bigger business challenge tomorrow. It's how you react to what you went through that has a major impact on how ready you are for what you're going to go through tomorrow. Oh, gosh, that speaks to some of the challenges of what you're talking about when a soldier comes home and they've seen something like the pullout. My husband was there when we pulled out of Syria. And just some of the stories without being able to go into a lot of detail was just heart-wrenching. It was absolutely heart-wrenching to see kids and moms being pulled away, doing everything just to get their kids in an environment, knowing they may not see their kids ever again. It's very tragic. So what would you say to maybe a leader where there's changes going on within an organization? Maybe they're going through restructuring. Maybe they're going through downsizing. There's a lot of downsizing within organizations happening right now. What would you say to the leaders on how they can lead their team through change? Yeah, a lot of what I do in the classroom with students is help leaders handle change. And I tell them that there's really no such thing as a stagnant organization. It's always changing. It's always adapting. Sometimes the changes are really minor. You don't even notice them. You're just adapting to the environment. You're adapting to the industry. You're adapting to the customers. All of those factors that are always in flux. Sometimes the changes are pretty major. And like you just described, hostile takeover, massive layoffs, industry is entirely collapsing around you. Let's be honest, if you're in the business of movie, if you owned a bunch of movie theater companies, movie theater enterprises, you're struggling right now to figure out what does two months from now look like, let alone two years from now. And I own a string of movie theaters. 
And I don't even know if anybody's going to ever stop coming back to movie theaters. And now the entire industry is changing right underneath your feet. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just world is shifting underneath your feet and you're going through this earthquake of change. And what I tell leaders is the people you're responsible for, they're looking to the leader. Like when the ground starts to shake underneath your feet, everyone needs something stable to hold on to. And generally, when the industry is changing, when your business is changing, the thing that the people that work for you want to hold on to most, the handrail that they need the most is you being stable and dependable. You may not be able to change your industry. You may not be able to change your company. You may not be able to change what's happening around you right now, but you can at least be strong and solid and consistent for the people around you. And that will help them get through change. Because what I found, Danielle, is change is scary. And when things start to get scary, all of us look for somebody who can help us when the lights go out and stuff goes bang in the dark. If you're a leader, you need to be the person that somebody can look to and say, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know that guy or that gal is going to be consistent. They're not going to let me down. I don't know what's going to happen in the industry, but I know this person won't let me down. Planning an event with a specific goal in mind? Are you looking for a high content speaker with a motivational style? Interested in how to re-engage your employees? My clients know the power of developing the grit, resilience, and courage to thrive in a complex and changing market. After a highly successful career as a Fortune 500 sales leader, I now share strategies on leadership development, change management, and burnout prevention. To discuss keynote speaking, corporate programs, or individual consulting, go to daniellecobo.com and let's talk about how I can make a difference in your business. And I want to add to that in transparency, because you're right, they do look to the leaders and saying, how is this person reacting? And it's so important as leaders that we are stable and that we're grounded and that we create a space where our team can come to us to talk about what their challenges are, what they're thinking about. And we may not always know the answers. Sometimes we know the answers and sometimes we don't. But even being transparent and saying, you know what, that's a great question. I don't know the answer right now, but can I get back to you? Knowing that you're there to support them every step of the way. Or even if it is, that's a great question. I can't share the information at that time, but when I can, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the research right now, it says not only is that helpful, but that's very beneficial for you, the leader, and for your company. So 50 years ago in leadership, there was this common catchphrase that went, never let them see you sweat. And generally, that catchphrase was, don't ever let your competitors know that you're struggling. But unfortunately, that catchphrase caught on among leaders and they approached their way that they led their teams this way. And basically, they tried to present the nothing ever gets to me, nothing gets me down, I always have everything under control. And what research has learned, sociologists have learned, is that kind of leadership creates this division between the leader and the people on the team. And then all of a sudden, the people on the team realize either this guy doesn't know what's going on and they're clueless or gal. Or this gal doesn't care what's going on. In either case, I'm not sure I trust them to really lead me through these difficult waters. So what the research is starting to show now 
is it's very effective and even very profitable for a leader to say to their team, I don't know the answer to that question. Or even for a leader to say, listen, I'm scared too. I know this is scary. I'm scared too, but we're going to get through it together. And being vulnerable, being human, not trying to approach it like you have all of the answers and you've got it all under your control. It's a much more effective way to lead people, especially leading them through change when it's really scary. The key word that you said there that resonates is vulnerable. Because one of the mistakes I made early on as a leader is I was scared to be vulnerable. I didn't want to be viewed as weak as a leader. And so often I rarely got to the point of being vulnerable and saying, hey, I'm scared at this point. I don't know what's going on, but we're in this together. I'll be here to support you. I'll be here to share the answers when I can. I'll take the time to find out any of your questions. And I was really scared to be vulnerable. But when I found from learning throughout the years of becoming a leader through my seven years, I found that the times that I was vulnerable, I connected with my team on a deeper level. They started to see me as more of a human than just as they would say sometimes, wearing the corporate hat and saying the rhetoric. They want the transparency. And I saw the same thing when I was looking at some of the most influential leaders that I reported to and how they were vulnerable and transparent and how much more I respected them than the leaders that just walked and talked the corporate language and didn't feel relatable. Yeah, you just hit the nail on the head. The goal of a leader leading people through change is to get them to come along with you. And if you take my premise that change is scary and people get really, they can, let's just be honest, they'll do some stupid stuff, but they'll really hesitate when it gets scary. So what a leader has to do is convince them, I'm going through this change with you. It's scary for me too, but if you will hang on to me and if we will go through this together, we'll get through it on the other side. The mistake that leaders can make is to approach it like, I've got it all figured out. It's not affecting me at all. I don't really even know or don't care about what's happening to my team. And what somebody who's scared needs is to know, okay, maybe Danielle is scared too, but she's my leader and she's going through this right with me. And if she'll go through this with me and if she's scared and if she's willing to get herself up and to keep going through this change when she's scared, then I'm going to get myself up and I'm going to follow her and I'm going to go through this change when I'm scared. And I think what researchers are learning now is that vulnerability actually creates power because people are deep, as you just said, they're connected to each other much deeper than just at a professional level. And man, that's when some beautiful things can happen with leadership, when you're connected very deeply with other people. Let's talk a little bit about if we're not in a leadership role. And I say not leadership role, I want to define that a little bit more. When we're not managing people, but we're still showing up as a leader from peer-to-peer interactions, what advice would you give for those individuals when they're going through big changes within their life? Yeah, first, let me define terms. And I don't want this to sound academic to your listener, but my first day when I teach leadership and I teach it constantly is explaining what do I mean by this word leadership? And I think in the West, but especially in the United States, we associate the word leader with a formal position, meaning you got to have a corner office, you have to have a business card, you have to have your name on the door. That's the leader. And if I don't have those things, then I guess I'm not the leader. 
And what I've tried to do is to say, I think we've made leadership too lofty. I think we've made it inaccessible. My view of leadership is if you're influencing another human being, and let's be honest, you can influence them for good or you can influence them for bad. If you're influencing another human being, you're leading. So Danielle, you will appreciate this. I try to convince high-level leaders in the classroom The most powerful leader I have ever seen on the planet is a mother. Typically, a mother that spends a lot of time with her children. And I say, there is not another human being on the planet that will have more of an impact on a person than a mother will on her children. And when I use the word leader, I'm thinking of a mother with her children, not just the guy or the gal with the corner office and the private parking space. And if that's what we mean by leadership, and that's really what I mean when I use the word leadership, then now leadership is for everybody. It's not just the manager of people at the business, but the person that's on the factory floor, the hourly worker. You, I promise you, are influencing just by your character and your attitude, you're influencing others around you. And I've seen this firsthand. I've seen it in the military. I've seen it in church. I've seen it in corporate settings. There is sometimes a person in the room, they don't have the title. They don't have the paycheck. They don't have the position. But everybody in the room recognizes whatever they do next, I'm going to do that too. And that is really the leader in the room. I argue every middle school locker room in America, there's a leader in that room and it may not be the captain of the team, but everybody in the room knows who that leader is. And you can tell who the leader is by just watching the way that others watch them. You can tell the leader too, when change happens, when things go on in an organization, it's often the individual that the other team members go to for advice. And sometimes that's not always the manager per se, but it's the person on the team that everybody looks to as that leader. Yeah, I'll make it really easy for your listener. If you've ever gone through some scary change at work and you went to somebody who is a friend and said, what are you going to do next? That person is your leader. And they probably didn't even have the title and the position, but they are because you asked them that question, you're looking to them as a leader. And I think that's the way human nature is. It's been that way for thousands of years and it's perfectly natural. You've shared so much valuable advice. I could talk to you forever. What else would you like to leave our listeners with as we wrap up today's episode? We've talked about resilience. We've talked about leadership. We've talked about leading through change. What else do you want to leave our audience with? Yeah, if I can go back and I'm trying to be really brief with this one. So let's say you don't have the position and you don't have the corner office, but you're going through as part of this team, some really scary changes right now. People will take a look at you. They'll watch how you handle yourself and they'll watch how you handle your circumstances. And if you really want to learn to lead, then lean in when times get tough. And I say lean in on purpose because even if you don't know, even if they don't tell you they're watching you, the people around you are watching how you react. And sometimes, whether you know it or not, they're going to react the same way you react by just simply watching you from a distance. They never told you they were watching you, but they watched you. You handled yourself well. They start to handle themselves well. And then you start to get this beautiful thing where a team comes together instead of falls apart in the middle of change and chaos and crisis. And a team that comes together, man, they can handle anything. And you, listener, may be the catalyst for causing that team to come together instead of falling apart in the middle of a challenge. 
That is excellent advice. Because I also think about that's the opportunity too. If you're looking at for those career defining moments, we did an episode on career defining moments. That is one of those career defining moments where you're showing the potential to do more. So if you want to step into a different position within the organization, that is the time to showcase your skills. Yeah. And as a supervisor, as a boss, as a CEO and the chairman of the board, which I've done all of those roles, I look for somebody who steps up in the middle of challenge and who handles themselves well. And I think to myself, we need to give this person more responsibility. We need to give them more pay. We need to promote this person. If they handle that challenge that well, we need to give them more responsibility. Thank you so much for joining today's episode, Jeff. You've given so much valuable advice from your experience in the military, your experience through your PhD programs, and what you're doing now as a teacher and educator and speaker on leadership development and as well as resilience. Thank you for joining. Thanks, Danielle. It's always awesome to be with you. For those of you that are listening, I invite you to share this episode. You probably know somebody who's going through change right now, whether it's within their personal life or within their company. So share this episode with them. And if you enjoyed today's episode, write a review. I love hearing from our listeners and what they find the most valuable. So thanks for tuning in and create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.